Hey everyone, this is Randy Kim, host and producer of the Bunby Chronicles podcast. I am here to you live from O'Hare Airport in Chicago en route to LAX, Los Angeles Airport, uh, and I'll be arriving there later on tonight. So it's kind of unusual for me to break out of habit and do an impromptu episode for the podcast. And even though I've only been doing this uh, for a couple of months, I've been hard at work uh, preparing my upcoming episodes for the current second season, uh, which is centering on the theme of 1975. And so far, I've been very proud of how the episodes have been turning out and really looking forward to sharing them, uh, sharing the rest of them with all of you. Um, I'm not a person who likes to speak off the cuff, and normally I'm not the best at, uh, you know, uh, speaking coherently uh, when I'm not as prepared. So I'm going to give it my best. And the reason why I'm doing this is because here I am at the airport and dealing with a lot of the uncertainty, the anxiety, the sadness, the anger that I've been uh, sensing from a lot of folks, especially more specifically with the Asian Pacific Islander communities uh, here in Chicago and also across the U.S. and uh, across the globe. Um, I got to say, the beginning of 2020 has been a real shall I say, a shitstorm. Um, we got the Australian fire, and we got the uncertainty of the U.S. presidential election. And then we have the coronavirus. And right now it has taken center hold in all of Asia, specifically in China, and also what we're seeing in Italy, what we're seeing in the rest of Europe, and across the globe, including in our own uh, backyard and so the virus has intensified and intensified a lot of the public's fear of the epidemic and rightfully so it's a, it's a concern it's a life and death situation elders uh, and children are most affected by this and it's been a firestorm of sorts but what I can't escape is the continued harm of what's been happening in the Asian uh, communities and how it's starting to really take its toll on of the Asian communities, especially among the businesses in Chinatown um, and also in universities and workplaces. And I've had been seeing a lot of hate crime being targeted against Asian Americans. And it's been, to say the least, it's been very difficult. It's been very hurtful to watch videos and photographs on my Facebook feed of people getting attacked in the subway or just walking, on the, walking down the streets or just existing outside of their homes. And it's reaching to the point where more people are going to get hurt not just from the virus, but from the racist attacks that have been uh, intensifying in the last uh, several weeks. <sighs> Going into the airport, I have to admit, it takes a lot for me to get scared. 
But I think what really got to me coming in was the concerns of my own family members, of my own family. My mom has been concerned about me hanging around Chinatown. She's been concerned about me eating out with friends. And she's been very concerned about me traveling, especially when the cases of the coronaviruses have been um, adding up by the day. But as I left the house, she told me that I'm really worried about you getting attacked by racists. I had to pause for a moment as I left the door. And yes, I couldn't tell her that I'll be all right. I'm hoping that I'll, that I'll be okay. But deep down, I didn't feel scared, but I, instead I felt frustrated, angry, just furious that this is what I'm going to have to deal with. And this is what my friends and family members have to deal with on a daily basis. When I think about the racist attacks, I think about a young man named uh, Vincent, Vincent Chen. Back in 1981, uh, living uh, near Detroit, he was brutally attacked by a group of white men. And he was mistaken as a Japanese American because the white man who attacked him targeted him as Japanese because they felt he was responsible for the loss of their jobs. Uh, in the car industry and he was mistaken to be Japanese but his Asian skin uh, proved to be his undoing and he would later die from his attacks one day before his wedding and his death led to an outcry of Asian American civics, civil rights leaders calling for justice. And as it turns out, none of those men that were involved were convicted and served any time for the loss of Vincent Chin. And this was nearly 40 years ago. A young man who could have been a grandfather by now had to die because of how he looked like, of who he looked like. And this is kind of what we are seeing now, or the fear of what we're seeing now, is that people are getting attacked for what they didn't do, for what they couldn't control, which is their identity. And the fact that our communities are under a microscope and blamed for the spread of the virus we look to places like Italy. Do we do a shutdown of Little Italy, other Italian homes, Italian communities? No. But for Chinatown, it's been very convenient. And racism has existed for as long as we have known in America from the erasure of indigenous folks to 
the enslavement and segregation of black Americans to the Chinese Exclusion Act to the Japanese imprisonment during World War II to the colonization of other uh, foreign lands including places in Asia. This has been an ongoing part of history that seems to continue to repeat itself. I can't I can't really say what what I what I'm hopeful of, what I think would happen because everything's been going so quickly here and all I can say is I feel angry. I feel frustrated when I have good friends confiding in me about some of their own experiences, some of their own encounters with folks since the virus happened. One of my good friends told me that she told me that um, she had to counsel one of the students who was pointed out by by a college employee for being targeted as being Asian American by calling her the coronavirus. There's a lot that I could say right now, and there's a lot that I'm still processing in this time. But as I'm traveling, circling around, you know, seeing Asian fellow Asian folks wearing their health mask, I can't help but think the risk, the fear that it ends up inviting to people who are willing to provoke and then to attack. I, I want to keep telling my own family, my mom especially, that I'm going to be okay. This is, this is not a big deal. But I can't say that. I can't tell her that I could be safe coming back home from dinner. And yes, while the virus hasn't scared me, the racism does. In the last um, few weeks, I've been going out to several Asian American or local Asian-owned businesses and I've been hanging around the Chinatown area in Chicago and going with a small group of friends. Um, and I started out this group called Immunizations, which is kind of a pun on words. But uh, it's, it's an opportunity to connect with um, other folks and be in solidarity to help uh, shed light into what's going on in Chinatown and to help support businesses by having dinner, having a dessert. And those are things that keep me going and yes while there's been concerns you know from my own mom and from other people what scares me most is the fact that those businesses those establishments that have been handed down for generations could potentially disappear within weeks months and that is terrifying because 
our community spaces, these businesses have provided safety for our community. They provided an economic living for these families. They have provided opportunities for us to identify as to be safe, to be proud of our culture. And I think about what is happening when businesses in Chinatown are losing businesses, customers each day, and how long that's going to continue. How long is this virus scare going to uh, last? So, as I'm going to LA, I'll be looking to frequent to help support some of those businesses with my own money. And granted, it's not a lot. Granted, I'm not going to be able to save a business from closing down if it ends up that way, which I hope it doesn't. But I also want to exercise my to exercise my will to live, to not be scared to live, to exist. Because coming from a family of refugees, I've always felt that there's something that keeps me going. But and even in those moments, it can feel exhausting. It can feel taxing. And I'm frankly tired of what's been happening. I'm frankly tired of seeing our communities be under attack. I'm scared that our own communities are afraid to go out because of the virus, but also because of fear of being attacked by uh, white supremacists or non-Asian folks. Uh, but I can only hope that in these times that our community, small or large, wherever they are at, will defy that, will be able to be in solidarity, to support one another, to bring light, to do things that will uplift folks who are struggling. And we simply need our allies to step up. I'm I'm not sure what the next several weeks, months are going to look like, but every day I hope that the scare is over and that we are not going to see the Vincent Chins of the world. I think about that very hard every day, hoping that any of my friends will remain safe from the harm that they're fearing. I sincerely hope that that there's a sense of normalcy coming back. But I don't know when that's going to happen right now. And one thing I keep telling myself in those moments is continue to live. Continue to not be safe in your silence. I felt, I feel that in the last few days I've been learning from some brave folks 
Some of them who are, are good friends of mine, they're saying, don't stay silent. Live. Speak out. If you can't speak out, write. If you can't write, move. I will tell you something. As a kid growing up, dealing with the racism, for years I thought that my silence would protect me. But that silence created more harm. It nearly destroyed me. And it wasn't until I had to learn to stand up for myself, even when I risked bodily or mental harm, that at the end, I knew that I was worthy. I knew that I belonged. And that I knew that there was going to be a fight if I was going to get taken advantage of. And I hope that I will continue to exercise my will to live and to also push others to do the same, even when science can be very safe. So what I can say is let's continue to live and let's continue to love, let's continue to support. So as I'm getting ready, I'm looking forward to giving myself the much-needed mental break uh, before I go into grad school. I have a lot to look forward to for this year, going back to school, going for my master's at DePaul University in nonprofit management, uh, working on the podcast, uh, the upcoming talk stories, Asian American, Asian diaspora storytelling shows could be held at the Chinese American Museum, uh, ironically enough, in Chinatown on April 22nd. So there's a lot of important things I'm looking forward to, and I'm also looking forward to having more dinners and tea time with uh, new community friends and folks uh, in Chinatown uh, this spring. So there's a lot to look forward to, and I will continue living, and I hope that you do the same. Thank you.